the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, indeed it does. Cleveland does rock from time to time, especially when a kid from Cleveland is hosting the Dennis Prager Show. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Program. It is six minutes after the top of the hour. Bob France coming to you live from the rock and roll capital. You heard it. Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. Home base is the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420. The answer here in Cleveland. Glad to be with you. Dennis says a bit of a summer cold. Somebody is probably going to accuse it of being the variant. Uh, I, I just know how that works. You sniffle today, and a Democrat tells you, you've got the Delta variant. You cough today, and it's over. You're spreading the Delta variant. So, no, Dennis has a summer cold. We get those things. My son has a sore throat. He's being told he might have to quarantine from his college football team, even though he has already had COVID-19 back in October of last year and has all kinds of antibodies, he's got a sore throat, probably strep. People are flipping out. People are freaking out every time somebody has an illness of some sort and accusing it or blaming it on COVID or the variant or whatever. In other words, the fear porn continues to be spread, mostly by the American political left, mostly. Uh, I don't want to turn the entire thing into a political issue, but it is largely that. So at any rate, uh, Dennis is out with a little bit of a sickness today, and I'm very glad to be in his place with this question to start our broadcast. Why is it so difficult, virtually impossible, for American Democrats to condemn communism as a whole, as an ideology, as a history, as an oppressive, tyrannical method of controlling people? Why is it so difficult for Democrats to do that? I have been waiting for Joe Biden, the doddering, bumbling, stumbling, and very much mumbling old fool that he is, to say something about the people in Cuba rising up against oppression and tyranny, communism, the suffering that they have endured for decades. Since Fidel Castro and Raul Castro, the people of of Cuba are rising up. They're starving. They don't have medicine. They don't have free speech. They don't have the economic opportunity to make something for themselves. They are suffering under the communist thumb in Cuba that they have for decades. Now they're rising up. They're pushing back. They're demanding freedom. They're waving American flags. And Joe Biden has thus far, unless I missed it from the end of my local broadcast this morning until now, unless I missed it, has said not a word. Not a word of solidarity and support. 
for the victims of oppression and human rights violations in Cuba. Not a word of condemnation for the communist government or communism as an ideology. Nothing. I'm staring at his Twitter feed right now. Last time Joe Biden, wink, wink, tweeted. He doesn't tweet. His staff tweets. But the last thing that they tweeted for him was yesterday. Get vaccinated, folks. It's free, it's effective, and it's never been easier or more important. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to how easy it is since you're sending people door-to-door with needles in their hands, practically. But that was the last thing. Not a word about the communist revolt, communist uprising, or excuse me, not the communist uprising, the revolt against communism, the uprising against communism on behalf of the oppressed people of Cuba. Not a word. Why is it so difficult? Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, and thus a communist. The, the varying shades of difference between Marxism, communism, socialism are so negligible as to just use them interchangeably, I think is a fair thing to do. An avowed socialist who has in recent years praised the Cuban communist government. Not said, well, I'm indifferent, praised the Cuban communist government. Now the people are, by the thousands, coming out of dozens of, 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 of cities in Cuba, demanding liberty, demanding opportunity. Bernie Sanders has said not a word. Another avowed socialist, self-proclaimed, self-declared socialist, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. And no, I did not misspeak. Alexandria Damasio-Cortez has said nothing about the enslaved people, for all intents and purposes, of Cuba and their uprising. Nothing to support them in solidarity. Probably is grinding her teeth in the background, angry that somebody would push back against what her vision of utopia is. Communism. Socialism. Government-controlled wealth. Government-controlled property. The end, the death of individual property rights. She looks at Cuba and says, that's the way we've got to make it here. What are those people crying about? What are they complaining about? Not a word from Kamala Harris, who wanted to socialize when she introduced the Senate version of AOC's, or ADC as I call her, uh, Green New Deal, socialize the entire energy sector of the United States. Federalize it all. Green energy. All bought and distributed by the federal government. Not a word from Kamala Harris about what's happening in Cuba. Why do I care about what's happening in Cuba, you may ask. We're here in the United States. They're over there on an island. Well, let's see. Let's talk about this. A couple of reasons. Number one, Cuba is 90 miles off of the Florida coast. They matter. They have mattered throughout history. When we talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Soviets, perhaps attempting to or threatening to reach the U.S. East Coast from that island nation of communists, number one. Number two, we have been the haven for how many Cubans? Cuban Cuban people truly seeking exile. Not exile, beg your pardon, asylum. 
Cubans who have been seeking asylum, who get in every little rickety boat they could find, strapping themselves to pieces of driftwood, hoping they'll float 90 miles across the ocean to the, uh, to the American East Coast or to Florida. We have been inextricably linked to Cuba for a very, very long time. So that's number one. And number two is the obvious. While the people in Cuba are demonstrating and protesting and demanding opportunities to live and survive in that island prison of a nation, they're waving American flags. What does that mean? Why do I care about that? Surely you know. Oppressed people in Cuba are waving American flags because the American flag is the goal. The American flag is the symbol of what they desire. Their goal, liberty. Their desire, their demand, freedom. And what better symbol of freedom is there than the United States flag? This is where they want to be. They're waving that flag and saying, we want to be like this. And at the very same time they're doing that, what's happening here in the United States? The nation that flies that flag. Here in the United States, American Democrats, leftists, are burning that flag. They're snubbing that flag. They're turning their back on that flag. They're kneeling in the presence of that flag. They are calling that flag a symbol of hatred and oppression. Privileged American Democrats, and I call them privileged because we are all privileged to be in this free nation, this glorious nation. Privileged Democrats see the American flag as a symbol of oppression and racism. Meanwhile, actual victims of oppression in Cuba fly that flag and wave that flag as a symbol of where they want to be. I want you to tell me what, how that makes sense to you. It can't make sense to you because there is no luck. If you've got two IQ points to rub together, that doesn't make sense. How are privileged people in the U.S. complaining about being oppressed when there are people who are oppressed in foreign countries wishing they were here? We've got a lot to do today. My name is Bob Branson. I'm for Dennis Prager. Stay here. The Dennis Prager Show. How much equity do you have in your home? 50000 100000 more? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high-equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset, register your address now to see if you're already a victim, and receive a complete title history of your home. A $100 value free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. 
Prager.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Okay, 20 minutes past the top of the hour. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager. Phone lines are open to you at 8 Prager 776. That's 877-243-7776. So I stand corrected. I said that. Perhaps something happened in the hour between the end of my local show here in Cleveland and the start of this Prager show, and it did. Joe Biden did finally make a statement. I will read it to you. The Cuban people are bravely asserting their fundamental and universal rights, those rights, including the right of peaceful protest and the right to freely determine their own future, must be respected. The United States calls on the Cuban regime to hear their people and serve their needs at this vital moment rather than enriching themselves. He went on to say in a statement that the U.S. stands, quote, with the Cuban people and their clarion call for freedom and relief of the tragic grip of the pandemic and from decades of repression and economic suffering to which they have been subjected by Cuba's authoritarian regime. All right. So they they waited of course, until they were beaten over the head by conservatives and others, other interested parties since yesterday who immediately called for uh, an end to the communist regime of Cuba and for the freedom and liberation and opportunity for the people of that island nation. So it took him a little bit, uh, a little bit too long, but he finally said it and did strike all the right notes there. The question is, is that just because that's what had to happen, or is that what he and they feel? We'll find out when we see if there's a statement from Kami Harris. We'll find out if, we, if there's a statement from uh, Alexandra Damasio-Cortez. We'll find out if there's a statement from Bernie Sanders and other members of the far radical so- socialist left that are running the Democrat Party right now. But the most important part of this thing that I want to, to kind of strike and, and, and make very clear to you is the part that the irony that is so thick here that oppressed people say we want to come to America and privileged American Democrats say we hate America. And you know, that's one thing I've, I've, I've learned through the years, in particular these last few years, you know, during the Trump administration. When a Democrat tells you they hate America, you better believe them. They're, they're not joking. They're not playing around. When they desecrate the flag, when Black Lives Matter calls the flag a symbol of hatred, when Olympic athletes turn their backs on the flag and the anthem, believe them. They do hate this country. 
And what's, again, striking here is the irony of the fact that the people of Cuba have suffered under the Castro regime for decades. And it's a symbol of everything that's wrong with the world. Communism in, in, in this day and age, after the history that we know of communism throughout the world, literally killing hundreds of millions of people. Communism is something that one would think would be kind of part of a bygone era. It would be kind of a, you know, they tried that a few times in a few different places and it failed miserably. But instead, it continues to grow in certain parts of the world and is fantasized about here in the United States. It's something that is aspirational for young, ignorant millennials and Generation Z Che Guevara t-shirt wearers. They fantasize about communism. So you got people over in, in, um, in Cuba suffering so terribly under Castro's communist regime, both Castro's, Fidel and Raul, suffering terribly. And yet here in the United States, the American Democrats revere Colin Kaepernick, who proudly wears Castro-supporting T-shirts to press conferences. You follow this? The left worships and reveres a guy, Colin Kaepernick, their, their OG kneeler, they revere him for his support of Castro as the people who suffer under Castro wave American flags saying, we wish, we wish we were you. You understand that? Here's what I don't get. We see a massive rush of humanity coming to the American southern border. And we know that the Democrats want this. We know that Kamala Harris was tasked with dealing with this. And we know that she has not dealt with this. And it's in large part because they want more uh, soon-to-be Democrat voters to be coming into the United States by the millions. We know there's a crush of people coming into the United States. What I don't understand is why isn't there just as big of a rush for the border going the other direction from American minorities? To listen to Black Lives Matter tell the story, to listen to Joe Biden, who blames every problem in the United States on white supremacists for some strange reason, to listen to the Democrat National Committee tell the story, the United States is systemically racist against people who are brown and black. Brown and black people are oppressed here. They're not even free. Didn't didn't one of them say that just uh, back on the 4th of July? Didn't Cori Bush... And a, a Democrat member of Congress, an African-American woman, didn't she actually tweet on the 4th of July celebrating our, celebrating our independence that black people are still not free? They're, they're literally still enslaved in the United States. If this country is so bad for black and brown people, as the left tells you that it is, why aren't black and brown people fleeing to Mexico? Or going north to try to get into Canada, although they're on lockdown, so maybe not right now. Why aren't they fleeing for the border to get out if this country is so bad? And better yet, why are the brown people of Cuba flying American flags and wishing they were here? Why are, why are millions of people around the globe, from virtually all continents, trying to find their way to get to the, 
northern triangle countries of Central America so that they can make their way up through Mexico and get to our southern border? Why are people from Africa, people who are brown or black by designation as the, uh, the new uh, terminology goes, the new vernacular goes, why are brown and black people from Africa, from Europe, from South America, from Central America, from Latin America, why are they all trying to get into a place that black and brown people who are here, who live in the privilege of the United States, say is so terrible? And why aren't they trying to get out? This is really a remarkable thing. To see that flag, the red, white, and blue, flying so proudly in the hands of freedom fighters in Cuba, saying this is our aspiration is to be like America, and then to pan the camera over to the United States into any leftist colony, any Democrat stronghold, and see them burning that flag and denigrating it, desecrating it, kneeling before it, saying that it stands for hatred and oppression. 877-243-7776 is the number. That's 8Prager776. I very much want to talk to you. I want your thoughts on this. I want your thoughts on what's going on in Cuba. I want your thoughts on how the United States of America, Democrats in the USA, can take this for granted so much. I'll be right back. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. 27 minutes before the top of the hour. Thank you so much for being with us as we continue. My name is Bob France, sitting in for Dennis in Cleveland, Ohio. The home base here is uh, the pain, uh, PainFreeRelieffactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer. My show airs daily, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, if you're interested in listening to more of what you're hearing right now. But I'm very privileged and pleased to be in for Dennis <clears throat> uh, with you today. We're going to go to uh, Granada Hills, California now, and welcome Maria to the program. Maria, my name is Bob, in for Dennis. Thanks for joining us. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my family came from Poland, really subjected to egregious uh, issues from Nazism and communism. They escaped. They came to America. The Cubans are suffering the same under communism, a regime that is absolutely despicable. It's at our shores. Shall we look back at the Bay of Pigs and what a threat Cuba has been because of the communistic um, influence there. They are right at our shores. This is a perfect opportunity, I would say, the chance of a century for America to step in and help the Cubans, like America helped the Poles, like America helped the many communistic uh, egregious regimes to overthrow those governments. What more do we need with this opportunity? And the Democrats, that admi- this administration right now, 
have been dragging their feet. I'm sure if President Trump was in office, he would seize the opportunity. Where is this administration? Nothing until this morning. This happened yesterday. It should have been front line, above the fold alerts to this country. Look what's going on in Cuba. And in fact, the press has been rather silent on this. And I really commend you for bringing this to our attention. Thank you. Well, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. You're 100% right. The minute this started, conservative news outlets, those that there, that, that there are, you know, of course, we're not talking about networks and we're not talking about mainstream newspapers, but the conservative outlets are, that there are did trumpet this from the rooftops and immediate responses were made by conservative Republican members of, of Congress. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, in particular because of their backgrounds. You know, Marco Rubio representing Florida, as you point out, just you know, 90 miles separated between um, uh, Florida and Cuba, and of course a massive Cuban population of expats in Florida. So he spoke out right away. Ted Cruz is of Cuban descent himself. They jumped on this immediately. Biden waited, what, almost 24 hours and still nothing, again, unless I'm mistaken, and it's been released in a place I haven't seen yet, still nothing from Kamala Harris. And by the way, her name is pronounced Kamala. Kamala. Kamala like communist, not Kamala like capitalist. Never make that mistake. It's Kamala. Kamala Harris hasn't said anything. Bernie Sanders hasn't said anything. The others that I mentioned haven't said anything. Why? And here's the reason why. What Maria just said, this is a golden opportunity if we have the right administration in power to really help support the free freedom fighters and freedom seekers of Cuba and end the communist regime there, thus ending a potential threat from other communist nations using Cuba, as the Russians did, the Soviets did. So there's an opportunity. But the problem is the current administration probably sees this as an opportunity to buttress uh, and support uh, the communist nation. Yeah, Joe Biden had to say a few things. He said a few things. Words are words, actions are actions. Let's see what the actions are. Because what they have undertaken in the United States in an attempt to destroy, they have partnered with Antifa. They have partnered with Black Lives Matter. They have partnered with anti-racist and CRT peddlers in trying to uh, uh, perpetrate an end to, or to bring about an end of capitalism here. An end to private property. An end to opportunity for all and the beginning of equitable distribution to all by an all-powerful government. They don't side with the Cuban people. That's why it takes so long for them to speak, if they speak at all on this matter. They don't support the Cuban people. They support the communists. Why do you think they revere Che Guevara wearers, Castro shirt wearers, hammer and sickle wearers? It's trendy for the younger generations. It's, it's kind of vogue. It's kind of, it's kind of hip. It's the thing to do. They don't care about the millions of people who die under the oppressive thumb of communists in all of these countries. They don't give a rat's behind. This is what they envision as being fair and just and equitable for all. It's social justice to bring about Cuban-style communism to the United States. It's, it's sad and it's sickening, and we'll be right back. Dennis Prager Show. It's important that we recognize what is happening in Cuba right now at this very moment. A spontaneous uprising that has never happened in the last 60 years has happened in more than a dozen cities 
across Cuba. That's the mayor of Miami, Florida, Francis Suarez. They've shut down the internet, they've shut down electricity, and they've gone out to the street to beat and to harm those who are protesting peacefully for freedom and liberty in their country. That is what communism does. That's exactly what they, they, they use, the iron fist. It's not a cliche to them, and it's not in a velvet glove. It's just the iron fist. The lieutenant governor of Florida is Jeanette Nunez. We remain steadfast in our support on the side of freedom and democracy. And as the governor stated yesterday, Florida supports the people of Cuba as they take to the streets against the tyrannical regime that has plagued them for so many decades. What will the Biden administration do to support them? What will the Biden administration do to crush communism in Cuba and support the freedom-seeking people who have been oppressed for so long? Don't hold your breath if you expect them to do anything other than give a little bit of lip service because they know it's going to probably be needed for them to you know, generate some support among the Cuban-American population. Obviously, they lost Florida. Biden lost Florida, even with the rigged election. Uh, they need Cuban Americans on their side, at least those who are citizens now who are able to vote. Uh, but uh, in reality, what are they going to do beyond words that are that are offered for political purposes? What are they going to do? Brent is calling us from Los Angeles on the Dennis Prager Show. It's Bob France in for uh, Dennis. Brent, go right ahead, sir. Blessings to you, Bob. Finally, a Frenchman like Lafayette. I want each and every Republican politician to immediately demand the emancipation of all Cuban slaves. And I remember the terror I felt as a child during Castro's and Che's Cuban Missile Crisis. Let's finally bring to an end their satanically socialist regime. Yeah, that's well, well worded. I like the, uh, the, um, uh, the verbiage there. Uh, it is indeed uh, exactly that. Uh, the alliteration is what I was trying to say, the satanically, uh, uh, and now I lost the word that he said, oh, satanically socialist regime. That is exactly what they are. And you know what? I said this on, a, on my local program this morning, and I'll say it here to Dennis's vast audience. The most important people in America that you should listen to on these matters of, you know, socialism and Marxism threatening the United States, communism, versus capitalism and freedom. The most important people for us to listen to, in all seriousness, are expatriates from those communist countries. I have had on my local program in Cleveland uh, Venezuelan expats, Russian expats, Cuban expats. You need to listen to the people who have been there and lived it. Not just because they tell a great story and it makes you go, oh, that's terrible but because of the warning sign that comes along with it. These people didn't just live it, they saw it forming. They saw it coming, and they tried to tell people, don't let this happen, and it happened, because people said, ah, that could never happen here. I, listen to me. If you get into a room with somebody who has lived in communist Russia, somehow gotten out of communist North Korea, somehow gotten out of communist China, somehow gotten out of communist Cuba, somehow gotten out of communist-slash-socialist Venezuela. If you get a chance to talk to anybody from any of those places, sit down. Don't just stand, sit, and get ready to absorb and learn the most important information. Because these people have been there, done that. And they didn't want the T-shirt, because the T-shirt probably had Stalin or Castro or Kim Jong-il or Mao on it. 
or Che Guevara on it. Tom is in uh, Glendora, California. We're California heavy to start the broadcast today, and that's great. Tom, welcome to the show. Bob Fran sitting in for Dennis. Go ahead. Thank you very much, Bob. You know, honesty compels me to commend Biden for at least verbally condemning Cuba. But having said that, I must quickly add that this exposes a dangerous dichotomy in the Democrat Party. The dichotomy between hollow talk, which really means nothing, and action. We should be, as Maria said, uh, we should be helping Cuba right now. When you look at it, Bob, the history of communism has killed. They've killed so many people. Cuba, Castro, China, Mao, Russia, Stalin, and now Putin, Cambodia, Pol Pot, North Korea, Kim Jong-il. The list goes on and on. The dichotomy, too, here is one between the good, once God-based USA and the devil of communism. Communism versus capitalism is really even much more. It's the devil versus God. And as I say that, I wonder if the Democrats will realize that when they back BLM based on Karl Marx, and Karl Marx was a lover of the devil, as Paul Kingler so actually, so greatly shows uh, in his book, The Devil and Karl Marx, Black Lives Matter, the group, not the same. Black Lives Matter is proudly uh, uh, embraces Karl Marx. One of the co-founders, Patricia Cullors, has said that. So if the Democrats don't realize that they're going down the path of raw evil and destroying this God-based nation, I, I, I don't... We've got to become prayer warriors. We've got to get God back in America, fight bravely and honorably to save this great God-based nation, the best one in the history of the world. I would hope everyone would become a prayer warrior and in your actions be kind and decent to everyone and take back this great nation. Tom? Daniel Diggins! That was one of the best, most well-thought-out, very extraordinarily well-articulated, intelligent, filled with wisdom and warning phone calls that I have taken in many, many, many years. I've been doing radio, talk radio, for about 24 years, and I'm telling you that was one of the best phone calls that I have taken. I'd like to respond to it all, but I can't. Um, I'll second what you said about Paul Kenger. Dr. Paul Kenger, who is a professor at uh, Grove City College in Pennsylvania, I was uh, honored to share a stage uh, to an extent with earlier this year. He's spot on about what you just said about Satan, about God and the goal of Marxism, and yes, the goal of BLM and others when it comes to Marxism in the U.S. We'll talk more after this time. The Dennis Prager Show. I didn't hear Cuba in that rundown there. Aruba, Jitnan. Yeah, it's, there's a reason for that. Could be better. Could be that way. Cuba could be a glorious island vacation paradise. Like Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you. Seriously. It could be. If it weren't run by communists that destroy everything that communist, communism touches. All right, I was going to play a clip here from an interview I did with Congressman Jim Jordan, but I want to get a couple more phone calls in here before the top of the hour. Bob France in for Dennis Prager. Let's go to um, Anthony 
Anthony, go ahead. Hi, I was just calling. Just, I think, a lot of independents like myself, people that are truly independent, and we have listened to this show for years, not this particular show, but the station for years, because we like hearing both sides. And it seems like, I don't know, lately, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to listen to because it's so one-sided. I mean, the truth of the matter is these questions that are being asked, they're not complicated questions. And if you were to talk to the everyday man or woman, I mean, they could answer these questions. And I know you guys are intelligent, so it seems a little uh, disingenuous when you say a lot of these things. Like, Black Lives Matter, just so you know, doesn't speak for every African-American. So it would be nice if you didn't talk as if they did, as a great example. Um Everyone Anthony, if I may, here's the thing. Um, none of us that I'm aware of have ever said Black Lives Matter speaks for all of black America. Black Lives Matter only speaks for Black Lives Matter. And the organization right. that is Black Lives Matter <clears throat> is a Marxist hate, <clears throat> excuse me, hate group that is intent upon um, uh, bringing about a cultural revolution in this country based on Marxist theory. They have made this very clear. It includes more than just dividing by race. It includes destroying the nuclear family. It includes destroying well, public schools as we thing. know them. So this is this is what Black Lives Matter thinks. We all know there are many, 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 many black people, even in public life, who have spoken out against these things. So nobody has ever said this is what you know all black Americans think ever. And I never, I never, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a lot of times it's left as though it, it sounds like it's being said that way. I never said anyone specifically said that. But there are other, you know, there are other things too. These questions are hard. Why, why do Africans, why do these people rush to America? I'll be the first person to tell you that America is the greatest country in the world. No question, hands down. That's why they rush to America. However, that doesn't mean that we still don't believe in the Constitution. You know, a more perfect union, people that live here, that grew up here, and still think that there are some things that we could do better. We wish for a more perfect union. It's not a hard question. But it seems like there's a Anthony, but here's the thing. What you're saying right now, which is very reasonable and responsible and accurate, we are a great nation, the greatest on earth, that can always do better because nobody is perfect, save for Jesus Christ. Um, nobody is perfect. Um, that's my viewpoint. Um, but can we do better? Yes, we can. But what you're saying is not what they are saying. And I'll, I'll follow up on that after this.